The following is brought to you by Canyon Ridge Church at Tacoma. For additional podcasts or information on service times and upcoming events, please visit us online at www.explorecrc.com. Well, here we are. We're celebrating Christmas Eve, and you're here with your family, and in a few hours, hopefully, you'll be putting the fine-tuning on everything, and if you're you still have kids in diapers. Uh, hopefully, you're not up all night putting together the bicycle. I've done that before. It's horrible. But uh, then you'll hopefully get at least a couple hours of sleep, and you'll wake up early in the morning with your family and open up all your Christmas gifts and enjoy Christmas with your family. Every family has their traditions. Everybody does it their way, you know. I remember when Joy and I first got married, and we had a little fight over which family was going to do it their way, and we won. And so we've been doing it my way, my family's way ever since. Her family, it was just too chaos for me. Their tradition was everybody get up, and whenever you get up, they just ring a bell, and then it's just tear them all apart, and everybody's done in five seconds, and that's it. And in my family, it was much more organized. You'd do one person at a time. They'd open their gift. We'd all watch, and then we'd say how wonderful that gift was, and they'd go and say thank you to that person that gave it, and we'd go to the next person. We'd clean as we went along to make sure not too much trash on the floor. Everybody has their tradition. So you'll go through your family's Christmas tradition, and then it'll be over. It'll be done. Friday morning, everything goes back to normal. Unless you're one of those persons that's so blessed, and so you have the rest of the week off as well, and so you'll go to the movies and do a few things and take care of the house and get ready, and then... That'll all come to the point of Christmas or New Year's Eve and we'll all celebrate or you'll do whatever you do on New Year's Eve and happens to be my birthday, so I'll probably do something with my family. And then New Year's is here and then January 4th, come Monday morning, it's all just a memory. Another Christmas came, gone And right back to the grindstone we go. Right back to work and right back to our lives. And your commute starts fresh again on Monday morning. And there you're off. You're going to school. You're going to work. And you won't even remember what happened on Christmas Day. It'll be just a memory. It's gone. It's over. Another Christmas came and went. One thing that I especially love about this time of year, between Christmas and New Year's, you start seeing all these videos that recap the year. I know all the news channels have a video, all the highlighted news stories of the year and YouTube videos, and even Facebook will give you year in review of your own, if you like, on your Facebook page. And I like those because it gives you a chance to stop and think about your life, think about your year. And for the last bunch of years, I can't remember how many it's been, but I always, I always sit and wonder, will next year be better than this one? I certainly hope so. I find myself in prayer saying, Lord, could I just have a string of a few good ones, you know, 
just, just two or three in a row that are really great. And I'm really happy to have those years. But you think about your life. And sometimes people make New Year's resolutions and they think, well, I want to make my life better. And I think that's probably just part of the human spirit that we want things to be better. We want life to be better. And so you make plans. You're going to, well, thank you. You're going to lose some weight. You're going to get a new job. You're going to buy a house. You're going to finish school. You know, you've got some kind of a plan that you've got laid out for the year. And, and then you get started on those plans. Well, those plans may or may not change your life. Really, it's a big guess, isn't it? Is 2016 going to be a good year? Is it going to be a bad year? Is 2016 going to be better than 15 was or 14? Are you really going to change? Your change is something that um, you know, it seems like in certain areas of our life we can just change like that, but in other areas it's far more difficult to see change. I mean, talking about real change. I think not very often in our lives do we actually really change in a certain area. But what would happen if in 2016 you were able to change something in your life that is something that you don't want there, but has been there for a very long time. Something that you have been wrestling with and struggling with for maybe years. How would you like to see that change next year? I'm hoping that you'll remember what I'm telling you tonight for at least 10 days. Now, I know I'm asking a lot. Okay, most people, when they leave here an hour later, can't remember a thing I said, with the exception of last year. Last year's Christmas Eve talk has gone into, <laughs> has, has been one for the records. Many people remember what I said last year, and that's a remarkable thing. Usually, nobody remembers, but my family, they clearly remember exactly what I said last year and pleaded with me not to do that again. (laughs) So hopefully you don't remember this because it's so horrible. You remember it because you need it. Ten days from now, we'll start a new series at Canyon Ridge. And the series is called Simply Pray. Now, everyone prays, I think. You pray to something or someone or something somewhere. Everybody prays. But not everybody gets an answer to their prayer. There are different kinds of prayer, and people pray in different ways and to different things. And so we want to teach you in how to pray and how to pray in a way that gets results that change 
actually happens. Do you know that sometimes God answers prayers immediately? Has that ever happened to you? It happened to me recently. My son called me from school. He was away in college and he called me and he said, dad, I'm having a really hard day. He called me about quarter to seven at night on a Tuesday night. And he said, didn't do well on a test. I'm really discouraged. Could you pray for me, dad? And you know, as a parent, you learn to to interpret your children's tone of voice, you know? And you know when it's just, eh, it's okay, or no, this is really, really important. Well, Lewis is definitely one of those important requests. So I put down the phone, I went into my bedroom, and I just closed the door by myself, went into there to pray for my son. I started praying, oh, 20, 30 minutes And as I was praying for my son, he was at church that night in school, a campus church, and God was answering my prayers for my son at the exact moment I was praying them. He called me later that night, told me the story, Dad, you won't believe what God did tonight. And he spoke to me about this, and he did this, and he did that, and it touched my heart so deeply. It was amazing. And I just cried. We cried together that God answered that prayer immediately. But you know, some prayers don't get answered immediately. And so people pray a few prayers and nothing happens and they quit. They give up. They say, ah, prayer. I tried that. I prayed about this and God didn't give it to me. I don't pray anymore. It doesn't work. Fools pray. Well, there's a story in the New Testament that encourages us about this specific type of prayer. This is something that we'll be talking about in January. But it's found in the book of Mark, chapter 9. And as the story goes, a, a man had a son. And since the boy was born, he was uh, possessed by an evil spirit. Evil spirit came on his son when he was born and was on him his whole life. And so here, his desperate father, it would cause him to convulse like epilepsy. And and it seemed like the demon was trying to kill the boy because he would get thrown into the fire and out of the fire. And they were, as any parent would be, horrified at what was happening to their son. And so the disciples were in town. They brought their, their, their son to the disciples They prayed, and nothing happened. Nothing happened. The boy stayed the same. And so eventually, Jesus came by, and the father meets Jesus, and this is their interaction. It says this in verse 20. Then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And when he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. 
When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he came to the, into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? And so he said to them, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Interesting story that happened here. The disciples prayed. Jesus gave them power and authority to pray. And they, they did miracles in his name. They'd pray for people. Miracles would happen. Amazing things happened through the disciples. But on this one occasion, nothing happened until it came to Jesus. And Jesus explained why. He said, this type of stronghold... Now, let's remember, this had been on this family for a long period of time. Imagine how much money they spent going to doctors, trying to figure out what was wrong with their son. Any good parent would do that, you know. Imagine how much money they spent on diviners and miracle healers and trying to figure out what's happening. Imagine all of the years of suffering this family has endured. They come to Jesus, and Jesus explains the problem. He said, this type of problem will only change with consistent prayer and fasting. The problem that we have with certain strongholds in our life, things that we want to see change and they don't change is because we don't know how to pray consistent, prevailing prayer. We give up too soon. We quit. Or we don't know how. Or we don't know what to do. We don't know what to say. And so we start to pray and we say a few things and then we stop and we don't know and we keep going. And then there's this doubt. I love, I love the Father's honesty. I love the power in that. The power of a father who is crying and praying is incredible. That cry from that father, Lord, I don't believe. Help me in my unbelief. Can you identify with that? I do. I struggle with doubt all the time. And I say, Lord, I'm not sure about this. I I don't know. Can it be true? Help me. In my doubting and my unbelief. And so God helps this father in his doubts. And he says to the disciples, this kind of stronghold requires consistent prayer. Prayer and fasting that doesn't give up until the stronghold is broken. You know, some problems in our life are directly correlated to our stupidity. <laughs> you know, we perish for lack of knowledge. We, we mess up. It causes problems. Some people like to blame the devil. Poor devil gets blamed for stuff he doesn't do and stuff he does do he doesn't get credit for. 
And sometimes we suffer, we have problems because of other people in our lives. And you're about to gather with them tomorrow. But some problems, some problems are just spiritual. It has to do with this spiritual realm. It's a mystery. I don't know. It's supernatural. There's something going on there. There's two worlds that collide, the natural and the spiritual. And there's a spiritual thing there that will only go away with this consistent, intensified, prevailing prayer. This kind of prayer gets results. You know, I find it interesting that my son, when he called me, he hung up the phone and he said, Dad, I'm going to church. And that's where his breakthrough took place. It was at church. I think sometimes we think, well, I can just do it on my own. I'll just, I'll just me and God, we got this. But that isn't how it works. God still is in the church. He still uses the church. So don't give up on the church. And I, I know it's difficult. I know we understand at Canyon Ridge, we don't take our, our, ourselves very seriously, but we take our faith very seriously because a lot of us, we have met those type of Christians that you've run into. You know, those kind of Christians... The worst sort of people you'll ever meet. You know them. I know them. I've met them. And so we work so hard to make Canyon Ridge a safe place. Where anyone can show up. Wherever you're at in your journey. And explore faith at your pace. And so I'm really hoping that in this little talk that we're having tonight. Something will touch your heart and you will say to yourself, you know, I really don't know how to pray. I pray, but I've never really had much success with it. It really isn't a key part of my life and I would like it to be. Then I hope you'll take this little card here that you have and you'll Put it somewhere to remind you or put it in your iPhone to show up here January 3rd, ready to learn about prevailing prayer. To find a way to bring about lasting change in your life. You know, this could be the greatest year of your life. I think 2015 for me has been the greatest year of my life in the last seven years. By far and without a doubt, the greatest year I've had. And I am so looking forward to next year because I know God has something even more in store for me and my family and for you. And so I hope you'll come and join us. Remember, our church isn't perfect You know, and not everything that we do, you will like, you know, we tend to be a little bit on the rock and roll side. You know, have you noticed that? That's kind of how we are. But got too many rockers that became Christians and they never left, you know, they became saved, but they they never lost the rocker. And that's okay. I kind of like it. A church isn't perfect, but it's a place full of people who just like you are on their journey 
to try and figure it out. So I hope you'll consider joining us this January on our new series called Pray. Little tagline below that is prayer is the key to everything. And that is the truth. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for giving us and inviting us to pray. You said that we should pray and that we could pray and that we could march boldly into your throne to the mercy seat and ask for mercy. And Lord, we do that very thing tonight. We ask for your mercy to cover all of our sins, to wash them away and make us clean and new. Lord, be our savior, be our hope, be our future. Lord, we lay before you tonight and tomorrow, but mostly 2016, a year of breakthrough. Lord, I pray that there'd be breakthrough in business, there'd be breakthrough in relationships and in marriages and between parents and children and grandparents and and breakthrough in school and breakthrough in career and breakthrough in health, in mind and spirit and body. This would be a year of breaking through because of prevailing prayer and because mostly, Lord, You want to answer those prayers. We thank you for your grace and your love. Amen.